Hello all and welcome to the Making a Difference for Us podcast. I'm your host Margot, and I'm joined today by Jim, Adwin, Cabin and two special guests who I will let introduce themselves. First we have Zach. Uh, hello and thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Zach. I'm a teacher, I'm a writer, uh, and I'm a socialist. And that's pretty much everything you need to know. Thanks, Zach. And then we also have Dennis, who will also be giving us the definition of healthcare versus health insurance after his introduction. Yeah, I'm Dennis Pistolis. Uh, I'm an, I've been an employee benefit specialist here in North Carolina for 38 years. So we do all types of employee benefits, of course, mostly a, you know, the biggest thing is health insurance. The biggest, one of the biggest things, everybody talks about health care. Health care and health insurance are not the same thing. Hence, one of the problems that we have here, and that's basically the biggest thing. You know, Obamacare, for all it purported to do, is a colossal failure because it didn't address the cost of care. It addressed health insurance, and health insurance is a symptom. You know, I mean, I use this all the time as a as an example, if you had a little minor fender bender and you took your car in to replace that fender and it cost $10,000, how much would your car insurance cost? I mean, this, you want to understand anything, follow the dollar. And that's the biggest thing. And uh, every time I hear the politicians with all their BS stuff, it really makes whatever hair I have left want to fall out. It just it drives you nuts. I mean, you know, we need to have a come to Jesus conversation with the American public. And but that's my take on the whole thing. Thank you very much, Dennis. And with that, we are going to go into our first and second question. And we're going to start out with Jim. First question is, is healthcare a right or a privilege? And the second question is, what is our cost versus benefit for our healthcare dollar here in the United States? All right. Thank you, Margo. I think the first question is really pretty simple. Healthcare cannot be a right, uh, to kind of spell that out. Think about the doctor who grows up and goes to school and does really good in primary and secondary and decides he's going to go to medical school and he studies for another 10, 12 years, does a residency, takes on all kinds of debt, and comes out and he's a doctor. Do you have a right to his services after all that? Not sure how anyone can make that argument. A right cannot depend on someone else providing you something. To me, that should put that to bed right away. Is it a privilege? I mean, to to me, uh, when when the market economy works well, the goods and services that we're able to enjoy are all privileges, and that's how I look at healthcare. Is it's both good and service, depending on what you're getting, and uh, in a functioning market, it, it works well. I love what Dennis said about the difference between insurance and healthcare, because that's the problem is we don't have a well-functioning market now. And, and he hit on some of the, the, the reasons, you know, you look at what you get through your employer now, and it's third-party joiners who are taking their cut. And how many third-party actors are now in your own health business? You know, I think my company's added three or four just this year. And it's all these free air quotes services. They're not free, you know, those guys are getting their cut. You may not be seeing it coming out of your paycheck because it's that big, huge healthcare, one big insurance cost, but you know it keeps going up because you keep adding all these other services that you may or may not want or use. And so um, it is a privilege. And, and I think the big thing for us is to get back to having it fully be the privilege that we buy for ourselves and we buy only what we want and need versus having these companies that kind of force us to use their 
services or get nothing for the money we pay. Thank you, Jim, for that. And Kevin, if you will go ahead and answer the two questions, is healthcare right or a privilege? And what is our cost versus benefit for our healthcare dollar here in the U.S.? Well, thanks, Margo. I want to start and share a quote by Augustus Burroughs. When you have health, you have everything. When you do not health, nothing else matters at all. Basically, I believe in karma. Life's a bitch. But I do believe that health care is a right, not a privilege. Let's not confuse between the right to have health care and what is the cost for a high-value health care service. This country was founded on the fundamental rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At what cost? That is where we come to a crossroad between what is right and what is a privilege. Do we care about the populace or do we leave it up to the free market system to determine the outcome? So why in the U.S. is that the majority of health care and its burden is linked to employment? And employment is linked to what we see as affordable health care insurance plan. And that the U.S. health care system is linked as a commodity to be bought and sold for profit. So that, that is why America is so great. The haves and the have-nots, or those that have rights and those who have privileges. So let me break it down to you for where it's talking about where cost versus benefit. In the U.S., there is estimated about 6,900 hospitals. Of that, 51 hospitals are community services. 2,900 are non-government, not-for-profit hospitals. 1,200 for invested for own for profit hospitals. 962 are state and local government hospitals. So if you look at it, about 19 per state that actually are state and local hospitals. Let's look at the top 50 hospitals having net patient revenue that is estimated about 124 billion. Based on the Federal Economic Reserve Division database for 2021, the total hospitals revenue is 327 billion. Now let's look at the top eight health insurance companies revenue is about approximately 100, excuse me, 716 billion. There was a report that came out by the World Health System that reported in August of this year, and the report compared healthcare systems to 11 nations, the United States, Canada, Switzerland, um, France, Sweden, New Zealand, Germany, United Kingdom, Austria, the Netherlands, and Norway. And the report looked at the top performing uh, countries overall were Norway, Netherlands and Australia. The United States ranked last overall, despite spending 5.8% of the GDP of healthcare. The United States ranks last on access to care, administration efficiencies, equality, the healthcare outcome, and second on the measures of, of care processes. The conclusion and what was based on the distinguished of the top performing is that they provided the universal coverage and remove cost barriers. They invested in primary care systems, enhanced a high value service that are equitable, available in all communities to all people. Third, they reduced administration burden and diverted time, effort, and spending for healthcare improvement efforts. Fourth, they invested in social service, especially for children and working aged adults. I like to close with a quote from the World Health Organization. The right to health is a fundamental part of our human rights and our understand of life is dignity. Margo, thank you. Thank you for that, Kevin. And moving on, Edwin, would you go ahead and answer both of the questions for us? Is healthcare right or a privilege? And what is our cost versus benefit for a healthcare dollar here in the US? Kevin, you mentioned life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. None of that's a healthcare, but for any reason, you think about the privilege, whether it's a privilege or it's a right, 
It's certainly a privilege because it requires money to operate. It's a limited resource. It requires money to operate. And if you, you can't have it as a right, it has to be a privilege. However, we are all afforded the privilege to have health care if we're willing to pay for it. So you go back and you look at, you know, health care being a right or a privilege, and you also look at the insurance costs. Well, you know, let's talk about the insurance piece. The insurance piece is, uh, you know, it's, it's a privatized business that was brought, brought upon us to be able to help finance healthcare. So if you couldn't afford all these extra costs, you bought into the insurance program and that reduced your costs, offset the cost of, of your medical care. So you can't really, and when you talk about equality, you can't really have an equality uh, system around that. Otherwise it's, you're really ruining the free market. So, he asked if it's a right or if it's a privilege, it's certainly a privilege. I think we just need to identify quickly, you know, the difference between healthcare and health insurance. Everybody gets that like, confused all the time. And there's a huge difference. We've got privatized institutions there. We can't ask insurance companies to apologize for making a profit. We can't do that with mortgage companies. We can't do that with anything. That's a, a, a free market environment. You can't do it. If insurance companies are making money, they have the right to do so. They don't have the right to be government uh, regulated either. It's a financial, uh, it's a financial means or a financial vehicle for you to afford your health care. So you pay into it and you get a discount. That's afforded to everybody if you're willing to pay for it. That's all I have there. Thank you, Edwin. And Zach, if you'd go ahead and answer the questions for us. Yes, thank you. I will be honest. Uh, Kevin said a lot of what I had wanted to say much better than I think I could have. But I suppose I'll just say, yes, I do believe that healthcare. Uh, is or should at least be treated as a right when we talk about, for example, Edwin, you brought up, and apparently Kevin brought up, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I don't really think that you can meaningfully have any of those things if you don't have access to, uh, you know, proper health care. For example, if you don't have uh, insulin, if you can't afford insulin, right, I don't think you can be meaningfully free if you are barred access to treatment for something that you need to live your life in a dignified uh, and human way. I don't think that that makes you meaningfully free. And I suppose when we talk about rights, what we're talking about, I believe, is things that allow someone to live a life that is uh, full and can be experienced in, in a way that is unencumbered by other people's needs. And I know Jim brought up uh, doctors, right? Uh, he brought up, you know, a doctor spent all this time and all this money to become a doctor, right? Um, and so how can their labor, how can you be entitled to that? And I, I think that's a very fair point, right? Because as a socialist, I think that if you perform labor, right, if you're a doctor, if you're doing something to benefit society, of course, you need to be, uh, you know, compensated for the work that you do, especially when you're doing something like that, a very, you know, important and uh, selfless job. Uh, but I don't think those things are incompatible, because I don't, see how a doctor still couldn't, you know, be paid. Um, we might or might not all agree that you have the right to be, for example, um, protected from crime. Uh, is it is it wrong to have police, right? Are we, uh, if we call the cops, are we exploiting them? Are we taking advantage of their their labor when we call the cops because we're worried that our house got robbed? I don't really think so. And I think that we should think of uh, healthcare the same way. Um, as far as the numbers go, I mean, I, like I said, I can't say it better than Kevin did. I mean, we spend more than anyone else uh, for, for the worst results. That's all.
Thank you, Zach. And finally, Dennis, if you go ahead and answer the two questions for us. Yeah, I mean, um, in a privatized model that we have here in the United States, it is a privilege and it's something that you have to pay for. And I think Jim said it exactly. Nobody is entitled, you know, we all want to be good people. We don't want people dying on the streets. It's not a matter of right. You know, nobody wants anything like that. But, you know, somebody has to pay for this. And, you know, you talked about access to care. Let me explain like I said earlier, you want to understand anything, follow the dollar. This idea that insurance companies are out here raping us and they're making all these millions is 100% false. That's why there aren't, you want to buy dental insurance or whatever, I can give you 20 different options. In North Carolina right now, I have basically five carriers to offer to my groups. And most of my groups are from 25 to 100 employees. That's it. You know, this idea though, and you know why? Because there's no money to be made. On average, 85 cents out of every dollar, premium dollar, gets paid back in claims. Insurance companies have about a 10 to 12% overhead, and they're shooting to make about a 2% profit. And so I give you a perfect example about four or five years ago, the local newspaper ran an article about, you know, because Blue Cross North Carolina is a nonprofit. And they had a $50 million or $60 million, quote, excess profit. So then I'm like, okay, give that back to the people. You divide that number back to the number of members they had. It was less than $100 a person. So if a product that you're buying is on average $6,000 a year for single coverage, closer to seven now, and out of that $100 is profit, that product is not overpriced. That's where it needs to be in order for the insurance company to survive. That's where it needs to be. And the biggest thing is, you know, you talk about socialized medicine. Basically what happens in the, in the United States is insurance companies, when they go out to these facilities, to these doctors, these hospitals, they negotiate a rate. They say, okay, I've got X number of members. You're going to give me a 35% discount and so on. And they negotiate a fee for service for all these different services that they're going to provide. And it's set in stone. And you being a member on that insurance company, you're entitled to that price. See, Medicare, Medicaid, they don't do that. And the governments don't do that in socialized people. They'll go right up there and they'll say, well, you have price controls and we're going to pay X number. Perfect example. I've used this for the last 10 years. In North Carolina, Blue Cross of North Carolina will pay a heart surgeon around $21,800 to perform a triple bypass. That doesn't include the hospital, that's just his fee. You know what Medicare pays that same guy? $6,300. So how much of the $21,000 is due to the 6,300? Nobody talks about that. So when you have these price controls, that, that's why in non-emergency situations in these socialized countries, socialized medicine, you have weights. Something, you know, I mean, this doctor, if we were going to cap this cardiologist at a $6,000 for his fee, you actually think this guy's gonna work three times as hard for the same amount of money? He's not. He's still gonna do his one or two surgeries a day. He's gonna take a cut and pay and you're gonna wait in line, you know? And that's what happens in these socialized countries. And so, you know, I mean, our system, as far as I know a lot of people from all around the world, they would rather come to the United States for medical care than anything. I mean, can it be improved? Yes. Thank you, Dennis, for that. And with all of that, we are going to go ahead and move into the roundtable discussion. 
I do want to get provide a little bit of food for thought. And this question is more so directed at Edwin, Jim, and Dennis. People constantly talk about the cost of healthcare in the U.S. And you all brought up how we all have the opportunity to pay for healthcare. How do you propose low-income families pay for healthcare and services when the prices of such services are perceived to be so high? They could start by getting a better job, you know. If you want. <laughs> See, the problem we run into is that you guys, you know, look at this as once again why people come to the U.S. Dennis alluded to it. It's because at the end of the day, it's the opportunity. The opportunity is to make money. Everything because of the free market, Jim. You sat there and made a point is to pay for the service because the doctor goes to school. I went to school as well. And guess what? My education was just as expensive. So when you're sitting there saying, I'm going to compare the doctor's education and the service that he's rendering um, than any other person. So you just all of a sudden put doctors on a pedestal. So what about the scientists and the people that come along with that piece also have those, those rules that are playing by your book about having privilege. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not saying I have a right to their, you said you have, I'm not saying I have a right to their services either. No, but you're, when you're looking at it, I don't have the right, but see, if you didn't have the consumer to allow individuals to do that, that person, as you're talking about Dennis, because it comes to become a free market. So if I can offer a service that is cheaper than the next person, and all of a sudden I get the demand. So this is one great thing about our democracy is that people are going to buy the service, but they're going to look at the best value service. Look, so if this guy who sit there and you said, I don't have to pay, oh, I don't have to go to him, becomes a competitive market. So today's market, when you're looking back at that, is private service health care from doctors are now being diminished because the corporations are buying up those small practices. You see all those pieces. You don't have that anymore. So that, that doctor that you say you want to go see is being at, it's been eaten up by large corporations who are looking at drying the drive the value or the control costs that Dennis talked about. Okay. Yeah, but you're conflating two things there. I think we need to clarify, um, you know, the, the cost of services and what all these different actors are contributing to that. That's wholly separate from whether it's a right or a privilege. I have no right to anyone else's work. And I do have the right to spend my money where I want to go to too. So as you, you sat back here and said, do I have the right to ask that guy's service? If he's charging a thousand dollars and someone else is charging eight hundred, eventually down the road, like you said, this is where it makes America great. As I have the right to do the things I want to do, but to do what you said, want to do. But the question is, is there a right to that health care? Right here, because it goes exactly. You know why it's so expensive in this country, and it's partly the insurance company's fault. Because when you pay this health insurance premium, you believe you're entitled to one hundred percent. Prepaid healthcare, and that's not the case. You know, we don't. The, the price is out of control because we don't have consumerism. I I do want to agree with one thing that you said, though, Kevin. You you alluded to health care, and really, it's more health coverage being tied to employment. And I think that is something we also have to grapple with. I I don't support that either. In fact, that's that's a, a relic from World War II. And it's and it's the fault of government. Now you can argue it was a very good reason we were fighting a war, but government put in controls on wages, and so employers, in order to attract the people they needed, layered on healthcare as a benefit. And Henry Kaiser, the shipbuilder, was 
one of the, the, the inventors of that. So we remember Henry Kaiser not because he turned out a Liberty ship in 10 days in 1942, which was phenomenal and, and should be what we remember him for. We remember him because his name's on Kaiser Permanente. That's but, messed up. And I think we definitely have to grapple with that. So I had a <clears throat> I had a, a question, right? So we keep talking about not being entitled to someone's services. Um, if my house catches fire, am I entitled to the fire department to come and put that out? That's something that's, right, we just kind of expect that to be something that's going to happen. I call 911, they come over, they put out the fire. My house gets robbed, I call 911, the police come over, they help me figure things out, right? Like, why do we consider healthcare to be something different? Why is that not within the realm of the commons or what have you, right? Is it because it's not already that way? Or is there uh, is there an actual material difference between these services? I don't think well, you have a right to have your fire put out either. You're paying for that. Exactly. Yep. And in fact, if you ask the police if they have a duty to do those things, they will tell you straight up, no, we do not. So then I guess my question is, why is this okay? Like, I suppose here's my point, right? So you're correct, right? You're completely objectively right when you say in a free market system, right? Uh, you cannot penalize someone for pursuing profit. You're right. Like, that's obviously true because that's the point of, of a free market system. So I, I don't think you're wrong about that. And I guess cynically, I agree. But my point would be, you're right. And that's the problem. We shouldn't be pursuing profit when we could be trying to make this a healthier country. Like, we're in the middle of a an unprecedented pandemic. And we're still talking about whether or not, you know, healthcare should be a right. Why are we talking about this in financial terms and in terms of like, you know, the free market and whatnot, when we could be talking about like a human, uh, like the human cost of these things, right? Dick, you're getting some, so, so Jim, you're talking about everything is based on the, and the opportunity. And it's pretty easy sometimes when you're sitting on that top of that mountain where life is comfortable, you got a steady job, you got money in the bank. Okay. And then at the end of the day, how many people are we really looking at overall is actually doing that? Because everybody wants to work. There's no doubt. I said there's people who are going to break the system. Okay, well, that's a small percent over, over the total population, but people want to go to work. But today's job, when you're sitting back there saying, we're going to have this right to work, but then companies are cutting back people's time to work to get benefits. And then you're talking about the bare minimum wage because, oh, because that person didn't have the right for education or they didn't want to become a doctor or whatever perimeter that they didn't want to take the opportunity that what this great country has as a free market. So all of a sudden, is that, that's where we come back to that has and have not. Have you ventured out to other areas in this country, other countries that are facing the dilemma that they're coming to this country because they have the opportunity to that right of the, you know, of a better life? And that's where I'm talking about Dennis earlier coming from. Did you basically come to Greece just for shits and giggles, or did you come for the opportunity of the free market when your your parents came here? So there's a lot of things I'm looking at this that sometimes we forget what's built this country and what it's built the, the backbone. As you're talking about Kaiser, you should rave that he built a ship. He didn't go out there and pound it. It was people who went out there who barely making a living to help drive to try to end the war. So there's a lot of premises by what he did, but it also came off the back of sweat people who actually built that ship. Well, you know, there's a big, you talk about rights and all of that. You know, and the greatest thing about this country and coming from somewhere else 
is we all have equal opportunity. You're not guaranteed equal results. And that's a, a big thing that they have here. But getting back to the healthcare piece you were talking about earlier. It's not the insurance companies and it's not the doctors. It's the freaking hospitals. That, you look at Carolina's healthcare system has changed its name. It's the local county hospital. Jesus Christ, they have bought up every hospital in North and South Carolina because they're a nonprofit. They have six corporate jets. There's 10 people working in there making over a million dollars a year and they get uh, they get funded by the by the by the county every year. I mean, it's nuts. And they have bought up every medical practice around here. And they've even they started going into Georgia because and they changed their name from Carolina's healthcare system to Atrium because they're buying hospitals in Georgia. That's okay. what that's great point. That's what we're talking about. That private practice is no longer, Dennis. You no, know, and you're talking about in the farm community, you go to your, your doctor. He's no longer there because he can't afford it. You hit it on the head. Great point. Yeah, so back to what Zach was talking about. He's saying, hey, your house catches on fire. You call fire departments. My robbed your house. You call the police department, that kind of thing. So, I mean, we're back to the responsibilities behind all of that. And when you, you're really looking, if you're looking at apples to apples, if you have a health issue, you go to the doctor, everybody has a right to go to the doctor. They have the right to go out and get insurance. And it's a privilege to be able to go out and buy the insurance that you need to offset the cost of healthcare that you need. And when you talk about whether or not somebody needs to get help buying insulin, I get all that. But sometimes we're in this thing where, you know, if that person had afforded preventative health care prior to it, prior to uh, needing insulin, he might not need insulin. So if, if somebody is in a economically depleted area and don't have access to good health care because they made some different life choices, is it up to me, up to Jim, up to Dennis, up to all of us to pay for that person? Probably not. But the, on the financial piece behind all that, if your house does catch on fire, you call your insurance company. Somebody robs your house, you call your insurance company and have your stuff replaced. And we're all afforded that, that opportunity to have insurance. Because again, we're back to a privatized industry that allows us to protect the things we have, whether it's healthcare, whether it's your house catch on fire or whatever that may be, we're all afforded the same rights. It's just a matter of life decisions that we make. I um I I kind of think I disagree when you so so when you say right like we have the right to do these things but we only have the privilege to um actually enact them I think that that kind of negates the idea of the right right isn't the idea of a right that you can do it unencumbered like I guess we could talk all day about negative freedoms positive freedoms all that good stuff right but it kind of doesn't it come down to your ability to put something into practice right like do you have a right if sure, theoretically, you can do this thing, but there's no actual material way for you to get to the point where you can purchase healthcare or purchase health insurance. Sorry, I made the cardinal sin right there. But I guess like, I kind of feel like the difference is sort of coming down to like, what is the actual function of healthcare? Like what, like what role does it serve in a society? And I, I, I kind of feel like that's sort of where we disagree because on like the actual when when you guys are pointing out problems, right, Kevin and I are agreeing, right, we're nodding, we're saying, yeah, 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 you hit the nail on the head, whatever, right, but we're still taking these in completely different, we're, we're seeing the same problems, but we're we're finding different solutions for them. Yeah, well, we also have, healthcare is a service you receive, right, 
we all agree to that. Healthcare is a service you receive when you go to the doctor. That's what healthcare is, right? Whether it's preventative or if it's incidental, whatever it is, surgery, whatever that is, healthcare is a service you receive. And we also should agree that insurance is a system that helps us finance or offset the cost of those medical expenses. And I understand, Dennis, you've been in business 30, 30 plus years, and I know that insurance companies go out there and they negotiate what they consider a reasonable and customary expense for all the services that are delivered by doctor's offices. And we all work off a of volume system now. So all those, you know, whether it's somebody's doing 200 surgeries a day or 10 surgeries a day, it's, it's all volume now because there's so little profit being made back to the insurance companies. So everybody's, it's not what it used to be. So there's no privatized doctor's offices because it used to be, you could go in and say, Hey, I have great insurance. Let me pay the non-insurance costs and it'll be less money. They don't really have that much anymore. Well, I want to piggyback on what Zach and Edwin, but I'm going to really look at more or less what Dennis was talking about, you know, and you guys would look at the free market bottom line. That's one of the things we're talking about free market. So if you're privileged and you're in the free market, guess what drives up supply and demand. Okay. Dennis hit it earlier. Okay. We're looking at supply, demand, free market, and privilege. Okay. So if I'm privileged, I have the cost. Guess what? It dries up. It basically increases the cost. And if I got a lot of people who is increasing that cost, guess what? My supply is going to hit to that privileged group. So as Dennis talked about earlier, we're having things that are falling back in place because now big corporations or hospitals are looking at the profit. So what we do is sit there and at the end of the day, Dennis, when we sit there and go, hey, what did we value life at? No one's ever given you that cost of what the value of life is. And if, if I sat there and Dennis and I had a conversation earlier, most of our time and energy and cost is what? In our later years, right? So when we look at our later years, everybody wants to have grandpa, everyone around. What is that cost is going to take? So as when you're talking about insulin, if insulin is $1,000 and you can afford it, you're going to get it. For me, who couldn't afford that $1,000, guess what? I don't get insulin. So let's look at that. So that's why I want to finish with that note. Jump in with one final point there, because you mentioned supply and demand driving up costs. The bigger driver of costs in the healthcare world today is the alliance of big business with big government. Obamacare drove up costs astronomically because it was private companies looking to the government to force people to buy services they didn't need. And that's where we are today. Decoupling those two is job number one to get costs back under control. You know, in order to control costs, you, when you go to the physician to get care, you have to start caring about what it costs. I ask all these, I do employee meetings all the time, and I ask them one simple thing What does it cost to go to the doctor? They'll tell me $25, whatever their copay is. They don't have a clue of what it costs. Exactly. You know, medicine is, is off the charts. I mean, so, you know, in a social, you're talking about private versus socialized medicine and socialized medicine that Zach talks about and everything like that. I mean, you have to understand what goes with that. And what goes with that is price controls and price controls is not going to be able, you know, you're not going to have the access that you have today because there's lines and yes, you know, for minor stuff, it, but I know uh, years ago, I mean, I don't really pay attention to all these statistics and everything. Years ago, I remember I have a, a friend whose family was the ruling family in Libya before Gaddafi overthrew, took over the country. 
when his father needed a triple bypass, he could have gone anywhere in the world on their one of three airplanes that they have. They came to the United States. And, you know, our our medical care is, you know, I've been I've been fortunate to go to a lot of places. I don't buy these statistics. I think we have the best me- access and best medical care in the world. It's expensive, yes. Stupid expensive, but it is what it is. Thank you for that all. And with that final word from Dennis, we're going to go ahead and move into final thoughts from everyone. Uh, Jim, if you want to go ahead and start. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, I haven't really changed my thoughts. I, I do think there's some really good points out there. And, you know, this is one that gets difficult because I think there is, um, you know, unfortunately, some bad behaviors between both private businesses and government going on here. If you look objectively at what has driven costs, at what has driven uh, quality uh, in the wrong directions, it's been uh, government conspiring with big business to force behaviors that people otherwise wouldn't choose for themselves. So again, you know, to me, the evidence points that we've gone away from the free market and we see horrible results, I would think we'd want to go back toward the free market. Zach, love your thoughts about socialism, but I think you need to do some studying of history because I remember a story from the Soviet Union about uh, the Olympics and some skaters uh, getting injured in Russia and their friends, fellow skaters from Russia, rushed to the hospital with them so that they could bring their private bed sheets and supplies and instruments because that stuff didn't exist in the Soviet Union. I don't think socialism's the answer. I think getting back to a free market's gonna take us the right direction on healthcare. Thank you, Margo. Dennis, if you wanna go ahead and give us your final thoughts as well. Even in these systems where we have socialized medicine, you know, there's still, uh, years ago, I met a guy, he's from Canada, I met him at the beach. I'm like, what do you do? Work for Blue Cross of Canada. And he's like, do what? I said, I thought y'all had socialized medicine. He goes, we do, but if you wanna, if you wanna go to that, to that butcher or that doctor, and he called him the butcher. He goes, go ahead and go. But if you want to get good quality care, you better have some money and you better have some insurance. So there's, in all these socialized medicine scenarios, there's still a private, you know, in Greece, I know I was talking to my brother who still lives over there. And he said, uh, you know, he needed to have uh, ACL reconstruction. He goes to the doctor and he's like, you know, I had to pull out 500 euros or else, you know, in order to get care. So this idea that it's free and prepaid in all these countries is, is not valid. Really Thank is. you, Dennis, for that. And Edwin, if you want to go ahead and give us your final thoughts. Sure. So one of the things we didn't really even touch on was we've got healthcare in this country that people take advantage of. And there's a lot of people going to county hospitals that are getting treated, never pay a dime. So just like, just like, um, you know, big box stores where they have all this fraud and people stealing and all these things, it drives the cost up. So if you go to the hospital to get treatment and you don't pay for it, but you're still using all the resources, all materials, everything that, that, that that's afforded to people that have insurance or willing to pay for the healthcare, they're still getting healthcare. They're still getting, they're still getting treatments in emergency rooms. I mean, there's even, you look at the pandemic, all these people, a lot of these people don't have insurance. They walk and get treated and spend, you know, a month in the hospital. Somebody's paying for it. So when you look at the cost and everybody go, oh God, the cost is up because you know why the cost is up because we have a lot of people that just don't pay for their healthcare. 
And then we have people that are able-bodied individuals like ourselves. We're paying an exorbitant amount of money for insurance because the reasonable and customary costs to treat people has gone up because people that don't pay for their health care services are still using the system to get health care. Being treated for uh, accidents or whatever it is without insurance, that cost is still there. So somebody's paying for it and we all absorb the cost. So when you start thinking about how expensive it is, that's one of the reasons why it is. Thank you. Thank you, Edwin. And Zach, if you want to go ahead and give us your final thoughts. I suppose if we were to talk about socialism in the Soviet Union, that'd be a whole different a whole different conversation. But I think, you know, and again, this might be a cynical point, but I think Dennis did have a point when he said, you know, um, you knew people in the, the ruling family of Libya, right, who came here for health care. Because I think if you are the ruling family of Libya, yeah, we have the best health care in the world, right? If you're, you know, a king, if you're um, whatever, right? But if you're like an ordinary working class person, I think your experience is going to be a little bit different. Um, and and I think it's, I think if we talk about, you know, the people who can afford the best, of course, they're going to get the best, but the majority of us can afford the best. I'm a public school teacher. I know I sure as shit can't. Um, and anyway, I am a public school teacher. You know, I do work in what, what we might call maybe a socialized field. Um, and I'm not going to pretend every day is the best, you know, day in the world, but we've been able to make it work. And and I think we have a fundamental disagreement as to, you know, it seems like the real split here, I was wrong, it's not on the function of healthcare, I think it's on the function of government. And I think the function of government is to take care of its citizens. And so I think, Jim, you're right, right? We have a problem wherein our government is not taking care of its citizens, it's taking care of its businesses. But where you see that as a failure of us to not obey the free market, I see that as the free market taking its natural course. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Zach. And finally, Kevin, if you want to go ahead and give us your closing statement. I really like how we sometimes look at the private market and, and everything. But at the end of the day, Jim, at one, and Dennis, and Zach, we're actually at the mercy of our shareholders. As much as Jim sits there and talks about how the world is perfect with this utopia world of privilege, but where he works, if people don't come in and buy the product, and it's not pleasing or meeting those things, guess what, he's out of business. So we sit back there at the end of the day and, and we're putting, like you said, Dennis hit it on the head where we're talking about you know, the private market and what we need to drive and what is the cost to understand the cost. Because today, when I go into a grocery store, I can see what the cost of milk is. I can actually balance on what those pieces are. But when I go into our healthcare system, I couldn't tell you what the standard cost of what a knee replacement is. I can go, and, and go to get my car insurance, I can go to an automotive, I know what those costs are. It's very much available. But if I'm privileged, I can get the best care, like Zach said, I can fly. The question is, is why is Liberty flying here to get healthcare versus his own country? I think we need to start looking at redefining what it makes. We've set on this pedestal of being comfortable on how we look at things and we don't, and we forgot about the common folk. And so as, as that one talked about, people stealing or people, you know, taking advantage of it. The question at one is why? And so I'm going to leave it at that. As once again, I appreciate everyone's time. Thank you for the great debate. But I want to pose that question is why is people stealing and why do people kind of take advantage, as you say, take advantage of healthcare? Thank you, Kevin. And thank you everyone for joining us today on whatever platform you chose. A special thank you to Zach and Dennis for joining us today for today's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard today, and don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified each time we have a new episode. If you've not listened to our previous episode on abortion, I implore you to go back and do so. Please join us next time when we talk about military.